fuck off is she Thomas Cromwell? But she is Thomas Cromwell. Are you really likening Gretchen Wieners <laughs> to Thomas Cromwell? I am. Hello and welcome to this week's Grape Culture Podcast, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Alex. And we hope you enjoy the episode. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the film Mean Girls, because when this podcast goes out, it will be around October 3rd, and for anyone who may not have seen the film, that's a running joke. But for- <laughs> <laughs> and that is pretty much one. the reason. <laughs> yep. yep. Also, I think it's been like, what, 16 years now that it came out? Uh, 2004. Are you joking? 16 years? 15. 15 years. <gasps> that's like a whole... Yeah, Child. <laughs> but I mean, that's like a whole person of who would watch this film. Like, Hang on, what? Fi- no, like, you'd be 15 and watch this film. So we're going to talk about Mean Girls. But before we get into the film, we have to talk about the wine that Kim has picked. Kim, what have you picked and why? So, I have picked a English rosé called Dunleavy, uh, made in Somerset, England. It's a Pinot Noir mm. rosé from 2018. Um, the reason I chose this wine is because it's pink, but also because in the film, on Wednesdays, they wear pink. So I thought, we're recording on a Wednesday, let's drink pink. Um, Side note, there is actually Mean Girls wine, um, which was, yeah, which was launched by Aaron Samuels, or the actor who plays Aaron Samuels. (laughs) Um, Still riding high on that famous. One's called, one's called On Wednesdays We Drink Pink. One's called I'm a Red, duh. And I can't remember what the white is called. Um, I think it might be called like Regina. Oh my god, you can't just ask wine wine, they're white. It might even be that. Oh yeah, that um, would be good. But as as is the eternal refrain on this podcast, it's only available in America. So oh, um, I couldn't get it. But I thought, let's drink some pink on a Wednesday. Perfect. Crack it open. It's a nice light pink colour as well. Yes. Um, let me read you the reasons. The <laughs> thing. Tasting this. That's, that's what I was trying to say. Dunleavy Vineyards Pinot Noir Rosé from Somerset, England, 2018. Represent. Based in Bristol and using grapes from our Somerset Vineyard, we produce internationally award-winning wines and from a rich, loamy soil, we farm... Loamy soil is my drag name. We farm in harmony with the nature that surrounds us. This lovely Pinot Noir Rosé is made in a, in a light, dry and vibrant style with generous fruit flavours. Complementing a wide range of food, this is a versatile wine for any time of year. Don't just take our word for it. Drink, enjoy, and tell your friends about us. On sign up to their newsletter. Uh, so yeah. Casual plug. <laughs> Apparently, it won the IEWA two thousand nineteen silver medal, which is the Independent English Wine Awards, which mm. I didn't know was a thing. But there you go. There you are. Fab. Ah. So. And we're wearing pink to match. And we are wearing pink to match, which we're going to take a selfie in a minute. But first, let's try the wine. Cheers. 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 Smells (laughs) earthy, but tastes better than it smells. I'm so sorry. I pulled a face. I can feel that it was humorous. (laughs) What does everyone think? I've had one sip and so far I just, my mouth just went, apples! And that's all I've got. Why apples? Because that's what it tastes like. Oh, does it? I don't just have apples, like, shouting <laughs> disease. <laughs> How else would she say it? Apples! <laughs> apples! <laughs> I can, yeah, I can taste the apples. Mm. Apple, like, really tart apples. Apples and pears, apples and pears. <laughs> it's quite, it is it's quite, quite tart. Yeah, it is quite tart. I, don't, I, I quite like it, but it is apple It was unexpected. And I'm getting used to it. A bit grapefruity. Mm. I quite like it. I think it's a very clean rosé. It is, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Not one to have after you've brushed your teeth, which is when oh, I normally God. drink my rosé. <laughs> is it? In the mornings, how I start the day. Oh, yeah. No, just as mouthwash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are drinking pink. We are wearing pink. It's good. It's good. It's I good. It's which pink. is interesting because when we've done episodes in the past and we've had a book that's pink we've always been like oh why's it got to be pink whereas this is going to be a very pink episode isn't it yes we're yes. embracing the pink but it blends in with the theme um so for anyone who may not have seen mean girls it is a 2000 2000- came out in 2004 it's about um a girl who has been living in africa and moves back to illinois to go to school she 
hasn't been to school before and she goes in there. I don't know what the level is in American schools like because there's like freshmen and sophomores. She's a and... junior. Okay, so she goes in um, at 16 um, and basically gets thrown into this um, conflict, I guess, between all the different cliques in the school and it's very much about the cliques in the school, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And bullying. And bullying. Cheery stuff. But it's written, the screenplay is written by Tina Fey, who is off of all the comedies ever now. Um, <laughs> Unbreakable At least Kimmy the ones Sh- that we watch. The ones that we watch. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, um, 30 Rock, all that kind of thing. I think this was her first big writing, her solo writing project after doing SNL, um, or while she was still doing SNL. Um, and it's adapted from a book called Queen Bees and Wannabe. Yes. Yeah, which Correct. is all about bullying. Um, so... What do we think of the film overall? I think it holds up. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> strong praise. I know it's you know it's it's entertaining. It's it's a bit of fun. There's some unnecessary romantic subplots, but ultimately it's it's entertaining and it's fun and it's. I remember it being quite sort of. Groundbreaking feels like a strong word, but definitely like it was game changing. Interesting. (laughs) I think it's funny and it's interesting and it's eminently quotable. Painfully quotable. Yeah. Memeable. Memeable. It's yeah. It's a meme girl. Correct. You're welcome. Alex, what about you? Um, yeah, I love Mean Girls. It kind of, it's it's all in there with clueless and uh Bring It On and all those kind of early noughties, uh, teenage, very quotable, coming of age kind of films. Um, Like I said, I don't remember the first time I watched it, but I definitely have watched it many, many, many times. Yeah, more times than you care to think about really yeah and like it's your go-to hangover film it's the like i mean i watched it again last night to obviously talk about it today and then came to kim's today and we watched a bit and i still wasn't bored even though i saw it yesterday that's quite impressive that is praise i think that is good yeah Yeah. what about you samantha um yeah i love it i think it's i I mean i love tina fey as we've talked about before um, what? I didn't know this about you. <laughs> Shocker! Mind blown. Also, Emma Pola. Emma Pola. Um, she's not in this. What? <laughs> yeah, she is. Is she? She's, she's a cool, cool mum. She. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I just realised it was her. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, um, I really like it. I think it's my favourite of those kind of films because it's tongue-in-cheek in a way that the others aren't but yet still enjoyably trashy i think yeah trashy is um, a good word it's trashy but good trash uh yeah i love it um what so there's loads of characters in it there's obviously katie who is the main character and then all the plastics who are the mean girls of the title and then damien and janice and all hmm. her other friends um who is your favorite oh. i think that Gretchen Wieners is my favourite. <laughs> and none for Gretchen Wieners. Because Weird I, I think it's because I think that she is the unsung hero of this film in terms of the like Lacey Chabert's acting chops. Every she is note perfect in every scene. Like every inflection and every move of her head is absolutely fucking perfect and i just think that she is like she is the comedy gold in this whole film but that's not the character that's the actor no but i also find the character really like just entertaining because of that like i think that she's a really entertaining character because i think that she's not i don't think that she is mean i think she's just it's there's something else i think she's really really smart whilst actually being really really stupid and like she's she's the true power in many ways because if you know i love me a side character i love me a sidekick she's she lasts in a way that um like her power in a in any given group lasts in a way that other people's don't like so she she always ends up 
in a power structure. She will always end up in a power structure. She will be someone someday because she's an ex she's an expert manipulator and an expert like people person and very shrewd but she's also just like she's quite sincere she she believes that she's a really good friend and she believes that she's very sincerely like friends with Regina and George and protecting her interests and stuff like that and and but I, I I can't even articulate it I just think that like She's the Brutus. She's the, she's the Cromwell. She's she's Thomas Cromwell. Oh fuck off! Is she Thomas Cromwell? But she is Thomas Cromwell. Are you really likening Gretchen <laughs> Wieners to Thomas Cromwell? I am. I Jesus am likening Christ Gretchen Wieners to Thomas Cromwell. <laughs> Except she didn't get beheaded. <sighs> but she is. She's the psychic that wins. Like as far as she's concerned, yeah, but she's a sidekick she that follows. She only she's never yeah. going to define anything. She falls she's into always, the crowd. She's a follower. Listen, and no, but she does. No, but she's a dick. She doesn't fall into the crowd. Like like, but she doesn't blend into the crowd. She is always a somebody, and that is who she wants to be. She always wants to be a somebody. Yeah, but that's a somebody defined by other people every time. You didn't say. Li- you didn't she say likable character though. Sam. No, I didn't. No, that's true. I think. Yeah, I, I. I don't want to be friends with Gretchen Wieners, but I think <laughs> that she's the most like one of the most interesting and entertaining characters. Right. Fair. Fair enough. And I think she's shrewd. I enjoy Mia Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Because she's like, she seems like the most sincere. Yeah, because she doesn't I'm, have the yeah. mental capacity to not be. Like, there's no lying with her. Like, like the only reason that she's kind of part of the plastics is because she's like she is beautiful and just kind of follows people and goes along with it. I know. I disagree. I think there's lying in there. There's the oh my god, she's so annoying scene. Yeah, but she's kind of just oh yeah, that is true. I mean, I didn't say she's probably quite backstabby. But, like, I don't think she's smart enough to lie and get away with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick. sick. <laughs> See, this is, I think this is why I like Gretchen, because I feel like she is smart enough to lie and get away with it. And I yeah, like but that her. makes her a meaner person. Yeah, she but I'm a mean girl. Yeah, but I respect <laughs> Whereas her. Whereas Karen, it. I feel like she's just fallen in with the mean girls. I also enjoyed the girl that doesn't even go there. <laughs> of course you do. Is that because, because you got her in the BuzzFeed quiz? Yeah, no, not just because of that. I enjoy her. I also enjoy the Danny DeVito girl. <laughs> like oh, Danny DeVito, I love your work. See, it's the most quotable film ever. Yeah, it's... and everyone will always know what you mean when you say these things. Um, what about you, Sam? Who's your favorite character? Damien. Yeah, Damien's good. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy Damien and Janice as a, a like a, a duo. duo. Um, I forgot other low key favorite. Um, Kevin G. Ah. <laughs> Oh god no! It's when he busts it out like that rat. Mathly, I really, Kevin G. I do really enjoy when he does oh, hand, hand the, busing, the business card and it just says Mathlete and like slash badass, badass MC. MC. <laughs> did you guys watch the video that he did? No. Mm-hmm. He did like a music video. I think he redid the rap or something along those lines like last year. And he is like fit now. Is he? Also, he has a He's calligraphy so business. Like literally, his job now is calligraphy. Oh my it's god, it's amazing. Hilarious. We might have to pause at some point and watch this. How Weird. old are they all now? They must be like mid thirties, mid late thirties, various ages. But as we discovered, due well, to some research, <laughs> yes, as producer Holly discovered, um, doing some research the other day, uh, Rachel McAdams, who plays Regina George, the main plastic, was twenty six when they filmed it, so ten years older than she should have been, than Jesus. she should have been than the character was. Um, uh, Amanda Seyfried was uh, 21 22 whatever face lacy laney twat face um lacy chabert yeah her um she was 22 um and the only one that was 18 was Lindsay lohan that's crazy mind you it's always like with american like high school kind of things everyone's always so much older than yeah, because they're, they're always portraying. shagging about and you can't be getting 15 year old actors to do that it's also to do with like Time's been on set because they yeah. have to, like if you oh, yeah, work you with children, you have to like have chaperones. Like they can only work like four hours a day or some shit. Yeah. Also, they want to get them in tiny little outfits to show off their beautiful teenage figures. Oh wait, they're twenties. Yeah, so it's yeah. not weird. It's not weird if you fancy a twenty-year-old. Yeah. Who were your least favorite characters? I mean, obviously Katie. 
she's just she's fucking annoying. But I don't know how much of that is just because I find Lindsay Lohan quite annoying. Um. Yeah, but she is like a completely spineless character. Yeah. Why do you usually find that the main characters are in those kind of things? The main characters are just a it's yeah cardboard it's, cutout. It's basically. properly yeah. principal boy syndrome. Like in a panto, no one gives a shit about the principal boy. Katie is not very likable. No. Anyone no. else? Uh, fart man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fart man. <laughs> um, I don't really like Aaron. I think he's pointless. He's just—he's okay, the same thing again, as Katie. Prince, where I'm like, principal guy. He's pretty—he's a bit bland and judgmental. Yeah, he's very judgmental. For someone that's like, oh, Regina's so horrible, but uh, you know she's hot. So like, yeah, just a bit yeah, he's really and... judgmental for someone who gets back with his ex-girlfriend despite the fact that he has a crush on on her friend, just because she kissed him at a party and she's hot and she'll have sex with him. Yeah, but she was half been, a virgin when she, had, she was yeah, half a virgin. But they had been going out a year beforehand, so obviously, like, he found out maybe she had slightly more depth than she's portraying. Don't know. Yeah, but he didn't. Like, that doesn't come across in the film, and yeah. we can only work on that. Yeah, the that's speculation. But at least, like, I suppose he. <laughs> would not all that speculation. What I do enjoy, though, is that he enjoys. Is it Katie or Kat? Katie. C A D Y. It's said like Katie. Okay. Well, Katie. I'm going to call you Katie. Um, <laughs> uh, Katie, uh, he prefers her when she's actually her true self rather than when she's being. Oh, like... yeah, but it feels really like. Oh, I know that it feels forced. I know it does. But in terms of giving him some credit, you know what it reminds me of when guys go, "I just like natural." Like when girls have a natural look, and you're like, "No, no, no, you like subtle makeup that you can't see." Yeah, 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 that is true. <laughs> it's that. Oh, they look so natural. I, it's like, I this just, took me five hours. It's <laughs> this effortless look took contouring. me longer than taking it on. It's fucking hypocritical of him to be like, oh, you're just a clone of Regina George and giving her shit for being just like Regina and being plastic when he's literally dating her. Yeah. Okay, so basically the two lead characters, yeah. not, actually, not great. Think of... No, I, even... Aaron Samuels is not a lead character. Well, he's the male he's, lead. No, he's an he's yeah, but he's not a lead character. I think if you were talking about like the leads of this film, it's Regina George and Kay Heron. Yeah, yeah, but fair enough. I suppose but male, he's the male lead. Yeah, he's the love interest. interest. Yeah. Upon the rewatch, I was starting to get a little bit annoyed with the head teacher just for the amount of times that he said "young ladies." Yeah, that does annoy me. But I think that's a purpose choice, maybe. It probably is, but it still really annoyed me. I don't feel like it's something that would have annoyed us as much if this. If we were doing this fifteen years ago, by which I mean I think we're more aware of like how patch like that language, is. Yeah. Whereas I think yeah, like you say, upon the rewatch, it's like, oh shut up. Mm. Yeah, it's but. like it's like anything that was in the like noughties. It's like watching Austin Powers, and I know that oh. it's, I know it's meant to be sexist and same everything producer. anyway. It's not the is same it? producer. No, sorry, it's not the same producer. Um, Doctor Evil. Um, is based his mannerisms and stuff are based on the producer of Mean Girls because he was also the producer of Saturday Night Live and Mike Myers ah. worked on Saturday Night Live. Well, there you go. I made a little point. link without even realizing how, it. How do you have space in your brain for that kind of information? Because I read it about half an hour ago. <laughs> <All right. laughs> how how accurately did the film reflect your experiences at senior school, high school, whatever you want to call it? As previously mentioned, I went to an all girls school. So, slightly skewed opinion. However, it's very accurate. At the time that it came out, 2004, so what, like year nine, year ten? Yeah, yes. For us. Yeah. Um, that, for me, was the height of, of my school's life bitchery. However, given that they're meant to be, what, year 12? Mm-hmm. I felt like by year 12 we'd grown out of it. There were cliques, like clique problem was a big deal in our school. Um, There were friendship groups, there was backstabbing, there was bitchy phone calls. So it felt different but relatable. Mm -hmm. Which clique do you feel like you fit into at school? Alex, would you like to answer? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because I wasn't any of the cliques that were in Mean Girls. No. I wasn't part of the plastics. There was a plastics group, but it wasn't... They were quite mean, but it was more that they looked like clones of say each other. Say the thing, though. Say what we all want you to say. 
I was friends with mean people. There were boys and girls, and we all admit that we could be mean. The worst thing was, is I wasn't. I, actually, I can't ever remember being the leader of the meanness, but I was the person that sat by and did nothing, which makes me it haunt. It does haunt me. All to this evil day. needs to flourish is for people to sit by and do. Nothing. I know, I know, and I feel still like I recount <laughs> to you guys some of the stuff that we did at school, and it actually makes me feel like really awful. What about you, Sam? What 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 was your relationship? Was what was your, what was your clique, and also how accurate did you think Mean Girls was? I was like, it, I, I was the um, Alex and I have talked about it a little bit, but so it's not a clique that's mentioned in Mean Girls, but it's one that I've definitely seen referenced in other American TV shows, which is the theatre nerds. Mm. So like mm-hmm. the um the ones that swan around in costume all the time. Crucible um, cast party. Crucible cast party. Yeah, that was my clique. Like you, Kim, I went to an all-girls school, so there were definitely points where... I think all-girls schools are, in many ways, bitchier than mixed schools because there's nothing to dilute it. Oh, I don't know about that, because I think the boys' school is just as bitchy, if not bitchier, than the girls' schools. Like, the boys that I was friends with were bitchier than the girls. I have strong feelings. I think, mostly, my strong feelings are everyone's a bitch. Or everyone has the ability to be a bitch and that bitchiness, quote unquote, is not a specifically girlish trait. It's the only thing that bothers me about this film is that it doesn't acknowledge the other things that are going on because the bitchiness that is portrayed in the film and the reasons why they are bitchy is not solely because there's a lot of terrible male behavior in the film that isn't punished that isn't acknowledged that doesn't undo the structure of the the high school and is just allowed to go on well that brings me on to the next question which is what do we think it says about female interaction in the film i mean i suppose it's commenting completely on what kim was saying about like judge judging it's all about judging. It's all about judging and bitchiness and it being female relationships to each other being very hostile. Mm. Um, very competitive. Yeah. Competitive with looks, with... Uh, status. S- status and life and clothing, like image in general. Actually, mainly appearance, mm. I think. Yeah. Um which actually, as much as we can rip that apart and go, that's not fair, and blah, 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 at school, 90% of it was about appearance. Mm. I don't ever remember someone bitching about me because my personality was a bit rubbish. <laughs> like, like, I love it if that was as mild as they went. Her personality is just a bit rubbish. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm mostly like, you know, it was, to, it was to do with like weight and haircuts and or makeup. Or sexual promiscuity. Yeah. See, now I feel like I mostly bitched about people because they were mean about me. Or annoying. Yeah, it was mainly that I found people irritating. Like, (laughs) if I'm thinking about the major clashes that I've had with people, I don't know what their motivations for disliking me were, but my motivations for disliking them were that they were mean to me. I don't think it's all about appearance, though, Mean Girls. I think it's more Mm. about... Like, there's a lot... That's not the mean stuff they, they say. But you know when they attack the basis of what Regina George is. Yes, there's her hot body on there, but it's also about her friends. So it's about her position and her standing, not just her physicality and her boyfriends or her relationship. So it's like it's mm. it's not just that. Yeah. No, I don't think what I agree they with say you. about each other, the mean stuff they say is usually related to appearance. But then it's also stuff like made out with a hot dog. Um uh, <laughs> But sexuality, yeah. I feel like the main conflict is actually the root of it is um, homophobia, mm. or at least perceived homophobia. It's not the root of all of it, but there's definitely no, but like it's the root of the conflict between Janice, Janice and, and Regina. Regina, and Regina doesn't is not evolve like it's not like a oh, i was 14 and now i'm 16 and now i realize that people are lesbian and just because you invite a lesbian to your pool party it doesn't mean that she's not gonna have a lady boner for everyone there why don i think do you know what yeah well done i think i think it's about getting a laugh i think the reason that teenagers 
try to make up rumours is to make their peers laugh. So maybe it is a status thing because if you make your peers laugh, you go higher up in their status. And so the most bizarre the rumour is, the most hilarious it's going to be. I think it's about belittling people and an easy way to belittle people is to have people laugh at them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and by belittling, belittling other people, and this is one of the key things in Mean Girls, by putting other people down or making other people seem less worthy, you are somehow elevating yourself. And then the whole, I think there's been a movement recently, which makes it sound like it's only happened in the last five years, but like there's more of a highlight on it um, around women should be building up other women. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of touched on this when they have the whole scene in the auditorium and... Um, Tina Fey gets people to apologise to each other and says, you know, um, you've got to stop calling each other sluts and whores. It only makes it okay for guys to call you sluts and whores. And it's about women building up women. But it's not really explored as much in this film as it should be. It feels kind of like there's not enough time. Mm. Um, It's also undercut. Yeah. In my opinion. By the prom queen bit. No, no, no. Well... A little bit. I feel like the prom queen bit is supposed to try and reinforce everyone is beautiful, just support everyone. Yeah, everyone's equal. We're all equal. But I feel like it's undercut by the celebration of Janice, who is a great character, don't get me wrong. But she's a dick and she's not required to change the fact that she's a dick and that her opinions are dickish. Yeah, just because she's not in the Mean Girls, it's kind of... It's almost like you're meant to believe that she's not one. She's not a mean girl, but actually, what she does to Regina is pretty fucking mean. And she says it herself. Yeah. But then, when when to they set have that... someone up to like make you completely fall in life, like yeah, that's and that's meaner than that's meaner. Yeah. yeah. And she, but she in the moment where they're all talking about like their, their apologies and they jump into the crowd, like she's celebrated for every horrible thing that she's done, and she is never punished. She doesn't have to apologise. Her life changes not one bit. And by the end of the film, she has a boyfriend and she's happy. Yeah, but also the mot- her motivations, while they're still not right, they are different to Regina's. And I think that's what makes her slightly more likeable as a character. Because she's revenge. doing it because, yeah, because it's revenge driven. And that doesn't make it right, like I said. But also everyone in that room has personally felt victimised by Regina George. So people are going to support her, whereas Regina is just doing it to cement her position as Queen Bee. Mm. Um, So no, I I agree that she wasn't... It's not a good thing and that her actions aren't good, but it's also a reaction that is more inherently human. We've reached the bottom of the bottle of the Dunleavy Pinot Noir Rosé. I'm trying really hard to say that properly and it's hard. Thoughts? You know, I, th- I liked it to start with, and then it kind of... And it feels a bit sour. Mm. I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah. It's I'm quite... Not, um, it's not got a great aftertaste. It just became quite tasteless, actually, because mm. it almost stripped all your taste buds, and then you were like, oh, just... It's the wine. It's quite hard, Benny. I would, I would like it, again. Like, I would probably still order it, but I think that it needs to stay chilled. Yeah, maybe. I, I'm not... I'm just not convinced... Glass number two was not... It's okay. But then it didn't have the ice cubes, so... yeah. I'd drink it, but I'm not going to buy it. (laughs) You've said that for pretty much every wine we've had on this podcast. I think basically you just don't like spending money on wine. No, I do. A really good one. Okay, so it was... It started well, didn't end as well, which I don't think is what happens in the film, so... No, but it does have unpleasant notes. It's pleasant with unpleasant notes, which I think is true of the film. Yeah. And on that hideous noise, we're going to take a break. (laughs) And we're back with our second wine of the evening, which is um, just sort of pink. We don't really have any special reasons for picking it. But actually paler pink, which is my fave. It is paler pink. It's more... The first wine was more your jumper. This is more my top. Well, that's good notes for a podcast when no one can fucking <laughs> <There was> see. <laughs> that's photographic evidence, mate. Yeah, there will but... be a picture on Instagram <laughs> for those who wish to observe the pinkitude of our outfits. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to keep talking about Mean Girls because we can. Because uh, it's our show and we do what we want. So we've talked a bit about our favourite characters and what the film does well in terms of um, it being... 
obscenely quotable. I can't remember what the exact. I can't quote the exact quote we said. Eminently quotable. Um, being funny. Um, what do we think the flaws with the film are? Like Kim, you've said about how that bit with Janice Ian being celebrated for being mean kind of undermines the whole message. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other points that we think the film could have done better? It's pretty patronising. It is pretty patronising. That's true. We talked about the young ladies issue. Um, which is in the when the head teacher speaks to the girls, he refers to them as young ladies about six times in a minute. But then he does bow out, so I don't think that's a fair, like fully fair criticism. I think in terms of generally, like it acknowledges its uh whiteness quite well. I was gonna say it's pretty fucking white. Yeah, but it acknowledges that whiteness. But it does it when? I mean, quite a few times. It also, I mean, it's got the thing when it goes through the clicks in the, um, or cliques, whatever, in the cafeteria, when it's like, <laughs> nerdy Asians, hot Asians, unfriendly black hotties. Like, it's, yeah. everyone yeah. is very much um, segregated. Segregated. But I think that that is meant to be tongue in cheek. Like, I think, I don't oh, yeah. think that and that's also, intended. Yeah. But given that's also a criticism, like, Unintentional racism is also a criticism of other Tina Fey properties, and therefore I think that it's worth discussing. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it with Kimmy Schmidt, for example. Um, we've talked about it how in wine country everyone is pretty fucking white, apart from my Rudolph. Yes, I think I think Mean Girls does a much better job of acknowledging this than others, but you also could have had. Her, um, Katie, not be white. Oh my God, you can't just ask. No, but then you would criticise that. Oh, they took the poor black girl under her wing, under their wing, to make yeah, her like a plastic. It could have been tokenistic in another yeah, way. Exactly. Well, that's. I mean, I guess that's yeah. the problem, isn't it? That there is a way, but like, I, I find it. You've got if you've got the unfriendly black hotties and you've got the hot Asians. Why, Why aren't any of them, any in, the of plastics? them in the plastics? Yeah. But then also there is a crossover towards the end of the film when um, Gretchen Wieners becomes one of the uh, hot Asians. Agents. Unfriendly yeah. Asians. Yeah. Um, so those, I think that kind of thing does start breaking down towards the end of the film, which is actually what maybe the that's what the, what the is, comment is. Yeah. But also it's not done very... Um, it's not covered very much. I don't think... I think... I think it's a diverse cast. I think that the point of the film was there was a particular narrative in the film. And while I think that you could have argued that um, you could have told the same story with a diverse central cast, they weren't. The film is not trying to solve racism, it is trying to solve bullying. But what it does not acknowledge is any kind of racist bullying. So while that is a consideration, I don't know if I would go so far to call it a flaw with a capital F. Other flaws? Um, none. It's perfect. And Tina Fey perfect. <laughs> and shut your mouth. I'm really struggling, actually. Um, I think we've talked about the gendering. Like, it's called Mean Girls. Other people, I mean, that's my personal opinion. We've we've also touched on kind of the the homophobia issue, not necessarily from the point of view of the film, but also from, but from the the characters kind mm. of side of it. But there's also an element of feeling that Damien is the maybe so, there to the, be the, the, the sassy gay best yeah. friend. Yeah. Um, also, I'd never I'd never noticed it before, but I noticed it when we were watching it earlier. The uh, two girls making out at the Halloween party. Oh, you've not seen that before? Oh, no, yeah. I've never and then, noticed And then the guy like, standing there going, yeah! But then when you consider, like, the whole, but they're a les- like, she's a lesbian, she can't come to my party thing. But then that's but also, out for like, guys. I think all of us will have had that at house parties at oh. school. Like, it's, yeah. it wasn't, I don't think that was necessarily a problem with the film. I think that's an accurate reflection of no. how things were. I completely agree. Slash R. I completely agree. I think you that can't is... be properly gay, but you can make out for guys' pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Like... How dare you actually not be interested in my penis? How yeah, dare exactly. you? But do it so that my penis becomes erect. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think it does have its problems and I think they're fairly, as you have said, Kim, I think they're quite typical of some of the things that Tina Fey does. 
Um, also, I feel like her character wasn't great. Uh, Miss Norbury, it felt like the way she was written was a bit shit. Like, you know, she's like, oh, I'm a pusher. I push my husband into this. That yeah, was a bust. I push this. And you're like, oh, you're just making brilliant. it like, you're just making it really clunky. Now. I think you're trying, trying to force to be... a character because it's like you've put... Yeah. yeah. She's trying to be work. a relatable, friendly, cool ca- character that yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't quite work. I didn't, I didn't. The jokes were there. The actual like realness of people was a little bit off. Mm. I mean, it was. It's a very. It's an exaggerated thing. Like it's. There's an element of the absurd to it, like when they have the the water hole scene at the mm, mall. Yeah, and, oh, I'm really um, Regina getting hit by the flashbacks. Is, yeah, yeah. The the weird like animal flash scenes have always made me really uncomfortable, and they still make me really uncomfortable. It's just gross. It's, it's quite I don't know why. It's just it? it's just too ridiculous for me. One thing though, I think that it's touched upon, but humorously, and I think that now it would not be treated so humorously. Is the coach sleeping with underage girls? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's. Not- is never really addressed again. He just legs it, yeah. He legs it and that's and the end. Gross, and they, yeah. you know, like, that's very inappropriate. And in the scene in which they are all hashing out their issues in the auditorium, like, those two girls are talking about, I can't believe you're scamming on my boyfriend. Mm. Like, it's like actually like rape, like basically. Statutory rape. Un- yeah, because they're underage. Statutory and rape. they're made to think that. Oh, the grooming has made him their boyfriend. Mm. Yeah, his um, and there's a weird fetishist about that, and then his whole the fact the that he teaches health class and yeah, the coach car oh, bit yeah. was a bit like oh, okay, that joke doesn't. Oh yeah, age. I forget that he teaches. Yeah, the... you will get chlamydia and die. And die. Yeah. Chlamydia. K. Everyone... I think if you rewrote K. this, like if K. you refilmed this film now, you take that out. That character would not. Yeah, it also yeah. doesn't add anything. There's no, there's like, no, that's that's what I mean. I feel like it's played for laughs. Yeah, yeah. And that 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 for me is like the major. All the rest of it, all the rest of the flaws that we've talked about, I think are tried that like it's part of the narrative. Like that it's a flawed narrative in that they are trying to acknowledge some very difficult and complex issues and trying to get to the root of it. And even though they might miss the mark, like they are sincerely trying from the right point of view it's bad to bitch about people it's bad to be a cunt but it's that is played entirely for laughs yeah like that was first of all very much of age very much post school not taught by the teacher this is someone who is in a position of power teaching not one but two like teaching a class of underage girls Having a sexual relationship with not one but two underage girls, both of whom are from a specific ethnic group, which speaks to further, like, it's, it is made to seem funny that he's into these girls, funny that he speaks to both, like, that he's with both these girls. It's pure speculation. They're the sluts. Like, it's... It's really the most jarringly and I want to like I keep thinking in my head like oh it's of its time it's not fucking of its time it's 2004 like it's 2004 in 2004 we were what 15 14 15 yeah but that was 15 years ago things have dramatically moved on but if if you were sleeping with your PE teacher what? in 2004. No, I just meant the joke has moved on, maybe. I just, I feel like it shouldn't have but been then the No, I, I feel as, as well, Kim, but like we're now thinking of it in 2019. I know, but I just, I, I and actually... And we didn't have this reaction when we were 15 watching it. But, but also, um, the things we were talking about now and this difference in, in um, the time period of like, yes, it was 20, 2004, we're now in 2019, and we... We talked about this with the Friends episode. Like, just because it's it was done in a different time doesn't mean it should be let off. Yes. No, of course not. And we're watching it now in 2019, but I'm just saying 
that's probably like the reason it's in there. I just I feel like there's a significant difference between joking about having a crush on a teacher and actually portraying statutory rape and playing it for laughs. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just saying. And I think that even in 2004, that was a line that shouldn't have been crossed. Okay, so those are flaws. But this is... So Tina Fey, we know, um, is a person who tends to write things that can be construed as feminist. I think she identifies as feminist. Do we think Mean Girls is a feminist film? It's like the rules of feminism. <laughs> That's like the rules of feminism. Oh my God. I want to talk about that phrase. Okay. That scene. That reason. So, first of all, my my gut instinct is yes, that this is probably meant to be a feminist thing, but I'm not sure if it's feminist at heart. However, the rules of feminism line... That's meant to be a joke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just Gretchen being a fucking moron. Right. So, this leads me on to a side tangent, which is, so her argument is you don't go out with your friend's exes because that's the rules of feminism. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the joke is therefore that that's obviously not the rules of feminism. Feminism is not just about who you're allowed to date. However, I don't wholly disagree that you don't just willy-nilly date people that people had feelings with if you care about them. But I don't necessarily think that's a feminist issue. I just think that's a people issue. I think like, that's just being not an asshole. Yeah, yeah, that's just being a nice person. Yeah, I don't know. I just when I watched that friend. when I watched that moment earlier, I was like, I mean, that's obviously a joke, but I don't think that she's wrong that if someone cares about someone you don't just date them no but I, I like you say i don't think that's a, a feminist thing i think no. that's just just being a good friend yeah so feminism at heart i don't know i think it wants to be but i'm not sure that it is what would the argument what alex what do you think um i think I agree with Kim, actually. I think at heart it wants to be, and I think at the time it was. Um, I think to an extent it still is. Like, we all see ourselves as feminists, and we watch it and we enjoy it, and yes, we've spoken about the flaws, and I think that is down to the, the time period in which it was written and shot and put on the big sp- big screen. Um I think the fact that it that that we said, oh, he's the male lead and he's pretty pathetic and doesn't really appear. <laughs> like, it is all about women at the forefront. And yes, sometimes they're portrayed in not a nice way. But feminism but, is about, like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not about just going, women are awesome. <laughs> it's just about them being equal. And yes, they have their equal space within this film to be the person that they are. And yes, it is showing them, you know, to be bitches and stuff like that. But actually, we 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 said that we have had those situations and feelings and things that happened to us at school. I think it's a representation of life and a representation of women. And yes, it is like maybe to like in absurdity to a situ like to a certain extent. But yeah. I think it is mm. feminist, and I think if it was reshot again, I'm not saying please don't remake it because I love God. it the way it is. You give it another five years, and they will. Well, yeah, probably. But I think if it was remade, it would definitely be of its time now feminist, mm. and I think it was of its time feminist. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think it is feminist. I just, I think that it's easy to get bogged down in. It's not perfect. Because yeah, of, of course, course it's and, not perfect. that's why we're talking about but it. But we do have that, there is that kind of, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like there is that culture of the moment where if it's not perfect, you can tear it down. Like, and I I normally try really hard to fight against that. Um, imperf- you know, flawed, but still valuable. Um, and for some reason, I came up a little bit short on this one. 
and I'm I'm trying to figure out why it is, but I agree with like what you've said I think is really pertinent and valuable and, and poignant is that, you know, it is it's a slice of life. It tries to do the right thing. It's speaking um po- it's telling these stories and it's positive in its way and it's trying to resolve these issues that we have and trying to sort of level the playing field a little bit. And it is telling a story that, while I feel like it applies to everyone, it's telling it from a female's perspective, which, when I phrase it like that, I'm like, well, what more do I fucking want? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously. <laughs> what seriously. about you, Sam? What do you think? I think the reason I would call it a feminist film is that the plot is driven by female actions. And I think, although those female... Like, although... Okay, so let's say... The main reason that Katie decides that she wants to take down Regina is about a man, which isn't great, but the reason that... No, it is. No, it is. Yeah, it is. It's because she kiss- she co- she goes to that Halloween party. Oh, yeah, she's really sweet. That's yeah. when it actually... Really yeah, that's like yeah. the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but um, it's also not just about that because Janice is helping her and she's... Um, it's That's... A, based on the relationship that she and Regina had and the friendship they had and what she did to her. Um, and as we've said, like the men in this are kind of side characters, really basically. Um, as you said, it's not perfect, but we're not perfect feminists. <laughs> There's no such Bite your thing. Tongue. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... I'm a feminist, but... So I, I, I don't think it's perfect. I think it, as you said, Alex, I agree, it's of the time um, and the time was the beginning of fourth wave feminism uh, which we're kind of in the midst of now really Um, but yeah it's it's not perfect but it's a good fucking film yes and it's also one where actually no woman changes for a man which isn't something that we talked about last or last not last week time before on the Cersei episode mm. and is also kind of a staple of um these kind of coming of age films yeah i and, disagree and what okay you yourself brought this up to me this week about how katie tries to dumb herself down yes katie tries to dumb herself oh, down but it doesn't work it doesn't work but she fucking tries. Yeah, of course she And tries. in a way it does work because he does offer to shoot her and they do get to spend time with her. Yeah, but then when he finds out what she's doing and her teacher finds Yeah, but he kisses her doing. first. Yeah, but he was also but interested he in know. her. But he was interested in her before that because Regina, when she's saying to him, him at the party yeah. about it, she's, and he says something about No, I agree. Cute. I just think that I... <laughs> He his interest in it her doesn't didn't not, stem from her dumbing herself down. No, but she it just feels like she needs to do it. It doesn't it. not work either. Like no, it no, doesn't yeah, not no. work. Her motivations are to spend more time with him. She spends more time with him. But it's not the finale of the film. It's not how no. she Agreed. gets the man. Agreed. Um, yeah. it's the which, opposite. Of that, which you know, which a lot is... of nineties and and early and earlier films were. and earlier. Oh yeah, of course. Like, um, but in terms of our childhood mm. and the films we were exposed to, it was kind of like it challenges it. It, it. it yeah yeah because it was all like you get the makeover and then the man likes you. Take your glasses you. off and let your hair down. Yeah, and exactly. Um, um, I just yeah. felt cheated by that because I didn't wear glasses. And he's like, well, I can't take my glasses off and let my hair down. Maybe you should have put glasses on. Maybe that was the way to like, yeah. invert the stereotype. And then dye your hair brown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's love, the moment that I'm lady. waiting for. Yeah. I think that was one way in which it, it did differ from a lot of films of, of that time. Um, speaking of... Mm. Why else? So, Mean Girls is a film that continues to be popular. Like we said, it's been out for 15 years. Um, Argos, a store in the UK, have just released a Mean Girls range. Skinny Dip, who do jewellery and um, notebooks and accessories and things like that, are now do, uh, currently do, they have the launch today of a Mean Girls range. Um, it's the last couple of years, Tina Fey has just has worked on the musical. The musical is now on Broadway. It continues to be popular in a way that films, other films of the same kind that were released in the early 2000s, yes, we may watch them on The Hungover, but they're not the same kind of, they don't have the same they kind of longevity. Have, yeah. Um, why do you think Mean Girls has that? First of all, 
There are other films that have the same longevity, but I think they ask the same question. Um, Legally Blonde is a good example because it has very much similar things to everything that you just said, including a Broadway musical. But mm, yes, but but Mean Girls is referenced almost in every di- like. I mean, like people I, reference you know, it yeah. all the I time. I work with so, young people I mean, who I, are like literally like I thirteen feel, now, and they are quoting it. I yeah. feel like I experienced that with with Legally Blonde. Mm. But perhaps I know Legally Blonde better than you guys do because it's one of my favourite films. I know it super well, so, but like, I don't see young people quoting I it. I do yeah. see I young people quoting it. And I also think that people... I mean, I've seen... Anyway, my point is, I I think that there are other films. Legally Blonde was my example, but I do think there are other films that lasted. But I agree that Mean Girls is one of a few that seem to have... Transcended. Mean Girls has carved a niche that other films haven't. I think it's of an upper echelon. Echelon. Zach echelon. Zach echelon. Echelon. I think it's kind of like you've got various popular plays and then you've got more popular plays and then you've got Shakespeare. And I think there is a, a small one. <laughs> yeah, Mean, Girl, mean Girls is Shakespeare. Um, you so you're equating got... Mean Girls to Shakespeare. <sighs> well, yeah, Mean Girls is Shakespeare. Sisters and Kane. No, Mean Girls. And, Fuck yeah, it's up and there. Cromwell and Cromwell. <laughs> right. No, my point is, like, you've got these different layers and I think you have a small group at the top. I don't think Mean Girls is the only one, but I think you have a small group. Even in Shakespeare's oeuvre, there are the top dogs. My point is, I think... The reason that Mean Girls and a few others have lasted is the universality of what they're talking about. Because even though the specific 2004-ness of the film is very, very niche and it's also very American um, and absurd, it taps into some very very primal feelings that people have literally because of the scenes of you know because of the monkeys because of the monkeys but like bullying bullying is always kind of the same i think that it's to do with the storytelling i don't think it's to do with the star power there is something in these books and these stories that appeals to the very essence of being a teenager that does not change from generation to generation no matter how much internet and technology we throw at people. I think it's that it's catching. catching. It's a catchy catchy film. It's like Anchorman in that it's one of those films that everyone knows, everyone has seen, everyone relates to. I, th- I think that what you're saying about the storytelling is right. I think there is that kind of the evergreen message in it but also you know you can turn around someone and be like oh my god Danny DeVito I love your work or you can't sit with us and they know what you're talking about like that's what I took from Kim talking about it though like the essence is that but that's more I think what I took from Kim saying was more just the the, the message of the the bullying and stuff like that but also it is the jokes the writing is is yeah yeah yeah. but it's 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 not even that it's evergreen it's it's memorable as well like how many other things how many other films could you yes other uh chick flicks rom-coms whatever you want to call them although I wouldn't call this a rom-com um they have lines in them like you completely it's cold in here there must be some Taurus in the atmosphere. Yeah, like that. But what else could you... Sorry. <laughs> but what else could you quote from Bring It On? What else could you quote from 10 Things I Hate About You, other than when she does a little sonnet? What else could you... Like, it's... I mean, I like my Kevin Klein sketches, but I love my Gucci <laughs> You can be underwhelmed and you can be overwhelmed, but can, can you, you ever, ever just be, be whelmed? Okay, right. Bad example, but... The point is, Ooh, black panties. Every other fucking, <laughs> every other line in Mean Girls is is a is a thing is a recognisable quote. It's, this is why I say it's the same kind of thing as Anchorman. It's that, it's that accessibility and that humour that has managed to last in a way that 
other things don't. And I think because it's also not inherently about romance, although there is romance in it, I yeah. think that helps. Okay, so that brings us to the end of this week's episode. But before we go, we have to rate the wine and the film in this case. So um, let's start with the wine. So the first wine that we have is the Dunleavy... Um, Pinot Noir Rosé, 2018. Uh, what did we think of it? Start a good wind on him. Uh, Much yeah. like me at school. <laughs> no, my I was the opposite. I shined <laughs> at the end. Um, Sean. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Correcting Kim's grammar. Love it. Yeah, sorry. I feel like the Junglini started off really well and went downhill a little bit. I think it's best chilled. Like, really chilled. It's quite a clean taste when it's chilled, but it gets a little bit sour. I uh, would maybe buy it again. How much was it? <sighs> From where we bought it tonight, um, £17. Nope, too much. No. From where I bought it previously, I don't remember it being that much. I think it was more where like £13. Where did we buy it tonight? Wolf Wine. Oh, okay. I would not pay that for it. Um, it was... I Most £7.50. I would probably buy it in a restaurant <laughs> for 20-odd quid. Tyler, you're imagining me bartering at the whole time. <laughs> I'll give you 750. Because <laughs> whatever wine you get, you're always like, I'm not over a tenner. No. <laughs> I'm just cheap, okay? <laughs> That's so true. When someone's like, it cost me 15 pounds, you're like, <gasps> <laughs> the worst thing is, is when I go to a bar, I'm like, 25 pounds, bargain. Yeah, I'll have nine. <laughs> Um, if I saw it on a wine list, I might drink it. I probably wouldn't buy it for a casual drink at home. It is available at Waitrose and various other places. Um, but yeah, I yeah, it was fine. I think I'm gonna go with three. Three, Albert, the fifth musketeer. She's quick. She's cool. She rides on a mule. I don't feel very quick right now. <laughs> Do you want to ride um, on a mule? Uh, yeah, I agree with what Kim said. I it's fine. It's quite bitter. Um, I'll drink it again, but only if someone gives it to me. I'm not spending £17 on that bad boy. Shocker. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, 2.5. 2.5. I really like the first mouthful, mouthful and a half. Really after your noise? Yeah, but like it, it took me by surprise because of the apples! Um, <laughs> but the apples coldness that was nice the freshness the um yeah fresh i would say and then and then it became sour and sad and (laughs) i (laughs) i didn't care for it so i'm gonna go for the 1.5 oh that is really i would not i would not have it again if you brought that out and went oh i've got the done i'd be like nah you're right what you'd actually turn if you had no other booze if you had no other booze you'd say no yeah Oh no, I'd, I'd have it as a second bottle when I'm like, I can't really taste. <laughs> but if you came out, if you came um, out and Kim was like, I have no wine, all I have is this. I'd be like, I'm going to the shop. Three 1. grapes, 1. 1.5 grapes, 2.5 grapes. And uh, we we're not going to bother rating the second bottle because it was just generic Tesco. Yeah, but well, I preferred it, to be honest. Okay, good. Yeah, um, vegan friendly, it was the Dino. Dino. Dino, how much Dino. was this bad boy? Uh, he was £5. I mean, I preferred this to the 17 <laughs> Dino, one. Italian. I think it's just cheap. The film, Mean Girls. What do we think of that? I am not going to give too much detailed description because we've been speaking about it all night, obviously. <laughs> I, um... What? Alex Condom cottons onto the podcast. Yes. I thought you just went Alex Condoms. <laughs> Vegan friendly. <laughs> oh dear. I'm going to give it a four. A four for Mean Girls. A four okay. for Mean Girls because I keep on re. No matter how much we've criticised it tonight or whatever, I keep on going back to it and I love it. Four. Fair enough. Kimbob. I think I'm also going to give it four grapes. <gasps> <gasps> a 
was thinking about I was thinking about knocking it down to three point five for the young ladies, the amount of times that he says young ladies. But then I remembered Kevin G's uh recent calligraphy and rap video. And then I thought, mm, yeah, no. Mm, Take it back Kevin up to G. four. Um It holds up and I think that it should be credited for that. So uh yeah, I'm going with four grapes. Yeah, I'm going four as well. <gasps> Straight across the board. Straight across the board because it is, as we've said, relatable. It yes, it has its flaws, which is why I'm not giving it five. It's still funny, and if I ever get to the point where I watch the scene where Damien puts ham on his face (laughs) and goes, (laughs) and I don't laugh, kill me because I'm already dead. I'm going to go with four as well. I think I feel the same way about. I'm not a regular mum. I'm a cool (laughs) mum. Do you guys Um, need anything? Some snacks, snacks, condoms. Oh, you keep me young. I love you so much. That's how I feel at work. (laughs) Do you guys need anything? Snacks, condoms. We started providing tampons in the toilets. I just yeah. And then Wade said vaginas. I'm glad you provide them in the toilets rather than just in a bowl in the kitchen. That'll be weird. (laughs) Like a fruit with the baby bells. (laughs) With the baby bells. Baby bell and a tampon. Schmuck and a pancake. Schmuck and a pancake. <laughs> Mini cheese and sanitary product. <laughs> okay. So fours across the board for Mean Girls. So thank you for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget you can follow us on social media. We're on Instagram where we are at Grape Culture Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grape Culture Pod. And you can also send us an email if you want to talk about the show that you've just listened to or maybe send us suggestions for new episodes. We are grapeculturepodcast at gmail.com. If you're listening on an Apple device or if you're listening on iTunes, please don't forget to give us a rating and maybe leave us a review because we love to know what you think. And don't forget to come back in two weeks' time and we're going to have a brand new episode. And because we're in October and it's coming up to Halloween, it's going to be all about witches. Much spooky. So don't forget to come back then and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.